Blog Talk Radio. Hey everyone, and welcome to the Carrie Edelman Radio Show. Tonight's guest we have coming on shortly, I'm going to do a brief introduction for the show, is Jim Shawnessy, and he is an awesome comedy writer, and he's currently promoting his web comedy series titled Effin with Tonight, and that's spelled E-F-F-I-N with Tonight, and it is available at crackle.com. So we're going to definitely uh, interview him tonight. We're going to definitely play some um, bits off of his uh, comedy series. It is hysterical. He's a brilliant writer. And before I bring him on, I just want to introduce everyone to my show, if there's any new guests tuning in tonight. First and foremost, I just want to thank all the fans and supporters out there. The show has been doing so well. We've had thousands and thousands of listeners to the show, and I just want to thank everyone for all of their support because it wouldn't be where it is without you. We've also had some amazing guests, so please feel free to check out any of my podcasts. All of my live shows do become podcasts within a few minutes after they are complete, so you can check them out. We have some amazing comedians on the show, uh, people affiliated with the Howard Stern Show. I'm a huge fan of Howard Stern. We also have um, filmmakers on the show, musicians, entrepreneurs, so anything related to the entertainment industry is the people that we have on this show. I just wanted to also mention that um, I started the show mostly because I just love interviewing people. I'm a clinical psychologist, and that's one of the areas in my background that I really love doing, and I'm also a singer-songwriter, as well as I write some uh, columns for a couple of different entertainment magazines, and currently now I am doing the radio show. So I really wanted to combine all these various aspects of myself with the sole purpose of bringing the guests on to support them and promote their products and spread their word and of their excuse me spread the names of my guests to the masses because I personally know managing everything by myself how difficult and challenging the entertainment industry can be. So on this show, you're going to get a really good flavor of what these people's lives are like, the experiences they've encountered, and especially what it's like to be in their profession. A couple of things I ask people to keep in mind is, although I am a a clinical psychologist, uh, my show is not meant by any means to be providing any type of formal treatment. Um, People occasionally will bring up questions on the show, and I will be more than happy to answer them in a more generic format but this isn't going to be a show where we're doing any type of uh, formal therapy on the air. And also, I do want my guests to feel very comfortable to talk about whatever they would like, um, especially, you know, entertaining stories, embarrassing stories, but I do want to keep any identifying information about specific persons or organizations anonymous because the show is not meant to humiliate or embarrass anyone, even though I want my guests to feel free to talk about those types of experiences. Um, if you are tuning in, please create a Blog Talk Radio account by going to blogtalkradio.com. And also you can call in tonight to ask uh, Jim questions by dialing 805-243-1320. So before I bring him on, because I can see he's calling into the switchboard here, I'm going to give everyone some information about Jim and he can fill in any gaps. Um, Jim began as a freelance writer on the late night show with uh, Conan O'Brien, and he continued to flourish as a talented writer over the years, where he has written for Bill Maher, Keenan Ivory Wayans. I mean, he's, his list goes on and on. He's got some amazing people he's written for. Um, he's written for uh, Jay Leno on The Tonight Show, also Craig Kilborn, 
and also George Lopez, and he's going to talk about, I'm sure, some of those experiences. But currently what he is doing is he's coming on to promote his comedic web series called Effin' With Tonight, and this includes such an awesome roster of people that are working with him and co-writing the show, participating in the show. These people include Patrick Warburton, co-writer Jared Caldwell, voiceover talent Rachel Butera, Jay Lamont, and Joe Cipriano. So he's got a great team of people working on this show, and it definitely shows. I've watched all the series that are on Crackle.com, so everyone definitely check out Crackle.com and search FMW tonight. So he started this in September 2010 and recently debuted the show in September of 2011. So within a year, the show is up and running. Um, so Jay's going to – sorry, not Jay um, – been a very long day, excuse me. I do work in prison, so I like to joke around about that. <laughs> so tonight, Jim is going to talk all about his show and uh, tell us how he came to develop this concept and this amazing idea. So let's bring Jim on the air. Hey, Jim, how are you? All right, Carrie. Uh, thank you very much for having me on. Uh, I, Absolutely. I appreciate the last-minute the last booking on this, by the way, because I, I know I was... Absolutely. I was kind of clamoring to get on quickly, and uh, you know, I I I, I do uh, uh, you know appreciate you. I, I don't think I bumped anybody exactly, but uh, you know, thank <laughs> no. you for uh, for sliding me in there uh, within a week or so of me uh, requesting it. Um, that it means a lot. You're welcome. We're, we're trying to we're trying to get a, a big uh, promotion and uh, ad push out there now. Uh, you know, we we okay. debuted yeah we debuted uh, F with tonight like you were. Uh, you were saying uh, about a month ago, and uh, it's re- it's a grassroots operation that's all on uh, the crew on the show to go out and promote it. So um, we're, wow. we're getting out anywhere and everywhere we can to try to, and as quickly as we can to try to get get the uh, the, the hits up on uh, Crackle. So sure, sure. Well, again, it's my pleasure, Jim, having you on your. An amazing person, and you're going to be. Well, awesome you don't know. You don't. Show. You really don't. You don't know that, though. I could be a horrible <laughs> individual, really. You, you have no, you have no well, idea. So, you could uh, be, but let's put it this way: you're extremely talented, and yeah. uh, I was just uh, very taken back and very impressed with your work. It's, it's well, great thank you. Stuff, I, I, and I, I appreciate. <laughs> I appreciate you. Uh, you Especially being a psychologist, uh, looking at this and and maybe seeing where I could be, uh, I could use a lot of help. And I'm I'm a very damaged individual uh, psychologically with some of this work. But uh, I it, it's a cathartic experience for me, and you can probably okay. appreciate that. Working out all of those, well, if you if you get a chance to see the series, you'll see that we it definitely pulls no punches and we we're we're ty- we're basically going after celebrities and hollywood in general and uh, right. pointing out hypocrisies but it's it's me venting all of my frustrations that i haven't been able to as a writer uh in the business for about 16 years i've i've always wow. had to work in in close confines within a system that you know okay. it's always it's always catering to demographics and sense, uh, people's delicate sensibilities. So I wanted to finally break out from that, and that's what this right. series actually is. Well, I think, it's, uh, I think it's great. And I'll, I want to talk with you off the air because I think as a psychologist, and believe me, I have my own disturbing comedic side. I'm not a comedy writer by any means, 
but yeah. I can pick apart things and definitely make them humorous, especially working in prison. The stuff I could... Oh, good. That's, talk well, off that's the a hilarious air. atmosphere to work <laughs> Yeah. We are going to talk off the air because I think I could uh, contribute some stuff to you too, actually. Oh, that would be so, great. Uh, so I just want to get, get the groundwork. Uh, are are yeah. we free to, uh, you know, speak, uh, you know, any way we want here? Are we censored in any way? Or, you know, do we watch the no, language? No, I mean, you can... No, you can you can pretty much speak any way you'd like. Um, okay. The only thing I said, I, I don't know if you heard me. Yeah, yeah, no, the only thing I said in the beginning is that, like you said, sensitivity with certain things. Like you can tell stories, you can tell experiences you've had. I just I just ask that you know you keep names anonymous or organizations just right, so we're sure. not you know yeah, <laughs> getting any I mean, people right, coming I, after I, either of us. <laughs> yeah, I'm not implicating so, anybody, and uh, right. I'm not I'm not diming anyone out, and. So yeah, I, I I completely understand that. Um, uh, right. So. But other than uh, that, it, it's pretty much free reign for you. So um, so let's okay. start. I'm just curious to know with your background and stuff. So you said you've been writing for about 16 years. Yeah, professionally, uh, yeah, since about 1993 wow. or 94, I would say I started okay. in it. Like uh, it was in the bio that I, I actually. Uh, made a r- real sad attempt at doing stand-up comedy back in 1992, and because um, I didn't know anything about the comedy business in general, I I ended up taking a, a class at a community college uh, back okay. there just to learn the the rudiments of stand-up comedy and writing material and you know crafting your act and getting like a a, a five-minute chunk of material together, and somehow mm-hmm. I you know, I got the courage up uh, around that time to to go down to a comedy club in Center City, Philadelphia, and uh, and go up on some open mic nights. That uh, they had open mics every Friday at this uh, club. If anybody's listening from uh, Philly, uh, they remember back in okay. the uh, in the early '90s, it was a, a place called the Comedy Factory Outlet, which is uh, you know sadly no longer there. But uh, they they had a they had a regular comedy show uh, that went on on Friday nights, and then after the the show. They would bring up the open mic guys, which was it, it was kind of the reverse of the, the experiences at a lot of comedy clubs. They would just have an open mic night, and nobody would be in the club, and you'd be playing in front of right. other other comedians or, and the bartenders. And the, the, uh, so, this was a full house. This was a full crowd of people, like you know, forty, fifty, sixty people. Wow. Okay. And it was. Uh, it was real. It scared the shit out of me, quite frankly. You know, <laughs> right, right out of the gate, I had no idea. I I I wasn't used to public speaking. I I wasn't comfortable, you know, being the center of attention. And of course, that's exactly what stand-up comedy is all about. But right, I didn't know right. any. I didn't know any other way of getting my material out there. So I figured, okay, I'll I'll try to put an act together, and um, I. I, I would just I I would end up forgetting half of my material as I went through because I was I was so conscious of myself being up on stage. I had that it wasn't only initial stage fright of just getting up there. It was standing up there and be you know and you you'll, you can probably uh, understand this phenomenon. The the, okay. the idea the idea of I w- I suddenly realized what I was doing standing up there. I'm like, right. I'm like, I had no. I was like, well, who am I to do? I'm like, I'm standing in front of a room full of people, and now I'm the center of attention. I 
and I need to make them laugh every 30 or 40 seconds. And it was so overwhelming and devastating to me emotionally. It's just like I I felt way, way too pressured, you know, to do it. just to just to digress for a minute. So the real reason you were you were doing this is because this was a way to, like you said, this was primarily just a way to get your material out there. It was did the you, only thing you, I. Like, it, yeah, it was the only thing I knew that uh, about comedy is oh, people are stand-up comedians, and this is right. Okay. In the early '90s, and I'm like, I didn't know anything about comedy writing as a profession. I didn't know you could do this uh, for a living, and I didn't know that. Uh, you could write for late night shows and comedians mm-hmm. and you know Broadway performers. Or I I, I wasn't aware of that. And this is uh, not you know basically dating myself, but this is you know the very very early days. Or it's probably pre-internet. You know I'm talking we're talking ninety right. three ninety four. Mm-hmm. So um, I didn't we didn't have the resources to go and investigate what is this uh, what is this whole comedy thing about and where you know because I, I, I've always been a student of whatever I've gotten involved with and you know I used to be a musician and um, oh, cool. I yeah I played bass guitar and rhythm guitar and you know I don't, I don't want to jump all over the place here but um, right 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 but I, I would try to learn as much as I could about what I was trying to do but there weren't a lot of resources available I mean there was some books there were some comedy 101 kind of books um stand-up comedy, uh, instructional books and things. but And there were some, you know, classes that I ended up taking one at uh, Delaware Valley Community College. Okay. So uh, was, your, just, was your goal, Jim, to eventually become a stand-up comedian? Or like you said, you were more or less kind of dabbling in different areas to figure out, okay, how can I get my ideas exactly out there? That's exactly right. Yeah, exactly. Okay. I, I, I was feeling it out to see what was going to be right for me. And I, I didn't... I didn't know what I was getting into, so there didn't seem to be any other way of doing comedy other than getting up on stage and performing it. So, right. Uh, so I gave that a try for I, you know, excruciatingly you know, dragged myself <laughs> to the club every Friday, and I, I had to get a couple of shots of liquor in me to get up there, and it was, it was just real. Uh. I, I, I was just really scared by the experience, unfortunately. Right. I could never get comfortable on stage, and and I would speak to some other comics, some more experienced ones, and they say, "Oh, you're probably going to bomb for the first year or maybe two years, and then you." I'm like, "I I don't think I could put myself through that." Until I got, you know, right. and I I couldn't get over the initial stage fright to get into my act to get comfortable. So it just seemed like it was, uh, you know, counterproductive for me to continue doing it. But then I learned from some other uh, you know, budding comedian friends that, oh, you know, I had I had a friend that was writing for the, this guy, this stand-up comic, or some, I, I slowly learned that people were submitting material to late-night talk shows, and nice. I always knew I, I always knew about the the legend of you know Jay Leno buying material from people, and that would be their, their biggest <laughs> claim to fame in their life. It's like, oh, I sold a joke to Jay Leno, or right, right. I, and I never cashed the check, and I just framed it, and you know all that. So I just thought, well, maybe I'm going to look into this a little more. So that led to me, you know, to kind of investigating the world of comedy writing a little bit, because I, I knew I had decent material, or at least I thought it was pretty uh, insightful and you know mm-hmm. funny stuff. I just couldn't relax enough to deliver it. So I thought, well, maybe if I can submit material to other people, then I wouldn't be 
you know, so worried all the time. So anxious, right. Yeah, the process of getting up on stage, and it was, yeah, it would take away a lot of that anxiety. So that that's what that's what started the the initial spark of leading me into the, the direction of comedy writing. Nice. Was, and what were fear, you what yeah. were you doing what were you doing prior to is this something you've always set out to do or were you involved in a different type of job or career prior to getting involved in the comedy world? I was uh aimless basically. I, I didn't know what I wanted to do right out of high school. Okay. And my goal in high school was to get out of high school. I didn't want to go to college and I uh I I just wanted to stop going to school essentially and maybe okay. just kind of figure things out on my own so I uh but my, my father was a uh, a supervisor at the um uh post office actually where right near where we lived and uh he was really encouraging me to get some kind of you know real job instead of you know I was in in high school I was a landscaper and I and I worked at mm-hmm. a, uh, at a path mark in the area, you know, people still remember path marks, and uh, right, right, right. <laughs> you know, just doing a lot of bullshit jobs that and that a lot of kids I think fall into because they don't have any direction. So right. my dad mm-hmm. kind of encouraged me to. Uh, he, he said, "Well, just take the civil service test, and we'll see. Maybe we can get you in as a part-time uh, employee." And okay. sure enough, I I just about eked out the test. I, I got like a 70-something in the test, but because of the power of nepotism, and he worked there, um, right. I ended up getting in as a full-time employee around uh, right, basically 1989, a couple of years after I graduated high school. and um, okay. That was the that was the end of my social life. That was, you know, I, I, I had no idea what I was getting involved in. It was, but uh, one Why of the, is that? What, what, do you, what do you mean? What do you mean well, by that? When you got involved with the post office? Yeah, I became a postal distribution clerk. And if anybody knows uh, anything about postal clerks, uh, you work. You, you're <laughs> vampires. You work. You work from four in the morning till uh, twelve noon. Our lives oh, wow. were all flipped around. I I couldn't go out at night anymore. Like you know, I gotcha. And I was, okay. I was and I was sort of playing in the band at the time and. I would go from a aye, gig aye. That was for, at two o'clock in the morning, almost right to work sometimes, and I didn't have a direction again. Getting back to that theme again, mm-hmm, I, mm-hmm. so I figured, oh, okay, now I got an opportunity to make a decent amount of money. Uh, maybe I'll just kind of see where this leads. But uh, what it did introduce me to, and this comes back to your initial, you know, uh, statement of how you're a big fan of Howard Stern, and I yeah, was uh-huh. the world's biggest Stern fan. I listened to every Howard Stern show, all six wow. or possibly seven hours of it, from 1989 to 1998. I did never miss one show because wow. I, had else. I was sitting in a cubicle separating mail with a set of headphones on, and I heard every minute of that show. And Interesting. It, that started molding my perspective on comedy. I loved the freewheeling nature of the show and you know, mm-hmm. how uninhibited everything was and uh, his battle against censorship and just doing what he felt was funny. And it, short, it sort of really did shape my view on comedy. So uh, I'm I'm a huge, huge follower of Howard, and he uh, he was a guru of mine uh, from a long time back. So, you know, I, I owe a lot to him and his uh, his amazing way of, uh, you know, in, interpreting... Conceptualizing uh, things, right. Yeah, his, 
you know his yeah, his freedom of expression was was just so freeing for me and it was um and it just it, and it, it, it's funny real quick just what you're what you're talking about listening to him cuz i actually didn't start listening to him probably until like 98 99 oh, i wow. did, i okay. just didn't know yeah i didn't know much about him my boyfriend was interested in him. All right, let me he took me to the movie and that was what set it off for me. Oh, right, the private parts, really, right? Yeah, yeah. Yes. Okay. Because yeah. I was like, what's this about? Who's he about? And when I saw the movie, I walked away and I said, you know what? I, not not comedy-wise, but perseverance-wise, I saw a lot of myself in him because he saw oh, all God, the people yeah. telling him, you piece of crap, you're never going to make it. You're not. And, and I've had a lot of that in my life. And I've always persevered and been motivated no matter what people said. So the respect that I developed for him, Jim, just that night, I was like, all right, I gotta start seeing more about what this guy's about. So that's how I kind of yeah. got hooked on him. Yeah, he uh, he he really does uh, give people uh, you know that that kind of perspective that you can't really find in many entertainers. And he's mm-hmm. just he, he you know it's it's not only the you know he speaks from his heart and he just uh, he cuts through all the crap. It's he has a really unique comedic voice and he's. And the unfiltered nature of that show is is what mm-hmm. really stuck with me. And it's like, and then I got involved in more, you know, uh, restrictive corporate kind of, you know, writing for late night and writing, writing for comedians. Yeah, tell, but, tell us more about tell us about that because that's interesting. I never thought of when you when you opened up tonight and you said about kind of this systemic corporate world and some of the restrictions that you have to deal with. Tell us about that because I'm curious to know what that's like. See, I would perceive it as oh, wow, you got free reign. You can probably pretty much do what you want, but now I can see that, no, that's not the case. Well, yeah, you, you you pretty much see, you know, what's going on with network television in general, that right. it, a lot of times it's spoon-fed to people, and there's it, usually most, most in mo- with most comedy shows, uh, the, the the stuff is uh, corny, and it's, it's a, it's a little over right. the top, and, it, and they're always catering to to one you know sensitive demographic or another. And they, <laughs> right. It, to me, I mean, it, it just seems it's very homogenized, very watered down, and the shows that you know claim to be edgy and ballsy and everything—they're just doing it for the sake of, of of being that way instead of having a, a real you know specific vision on on a way it's not their voice they're just trying to mimic something else or they're trying to be overly controversial just for the sake of doing that and mm-hmm. and that, that so it's either you know and that, and that was the whole, the whole school again of Howard Stern of uh there were so many shock jock imitators and and Howard Stern wannabes and people that didn't sure. have they they didn't have the integrity in the material they just knew how to mimic a style and to they were they they were trying to they were they were copycatting a a certain aspect of what he did and not not truly you know uh, come at it from the, from their own perspective and bring their own right. comedic voice to it so that that's what uh, that the individualism is you know one of the main things that you know I was attracted to uh, that you know with that kind of a uh, of a show and that was that's the polar opposite of network television even late night. Um, there, there's a there's a certain amount of freedom, depending on who the host of the show is. Um, right. When I I started out writing for uh, the original Late Night with Conan O'Brien, which uh, was on NBC. And, and just really quick, uh, did I just to digress for one minute? How did you even like 
get to write for these people? Was it just you just kind of mailed your material to them? I mean, how well, have you written for some amazing people? Yeah, that's where the dogged determination aspect in my career has has really you know, paid off for me. That paid off. Okay. Uh, I, I what I would do, I would cold call uh, production offices. I would. Uh, wow. That was before emails were really you know that popular or anything. I would just find numbers out in, you know, there was something called the Comedy USA directory back then. And they okay. they they basically had listings for all stand-up comedians and uh, late-night shows and, you know, uh, network show production companies. So I would just randomly call, and I was, I was actually uh, initially pointed in, in the direction of Conan uh, after I went to a, a comedy writing convention. Uh, out here in Palm Springs, uh, actually, and okay. this is that, that was back in ninety, early ninety four, I believe, and uh, the the coincidental thing was the one of the guest speakers that year was the head writer of the Tonight Show, uh, uh, Joe Maderos, who uh, okay. later became essentially became one of my boss uh, when I was eventually hired on Leno, but um, wow. He, he, it was it was such an inspiring thing to find out about his story. He basically came from my hometown. He was he's from Ben Salem, Pennsylvania, which is like 20 minutes okay. away from where I grew up. And uh, he told his story to everybody who was at the convention about how he how he broke in and how he got material to Jay. And Jay ended up calling him, and he really liked the material. Hopefully, I'm not getting any of this. Information wrong if he if he ever listens to that. I'm not I'm not really talking I'm not talking out of school about him. I mean, it, he right, he was right. uh, he was a tremendous inspiration to me because I'm like, wow, a guy from my hometown became the head writer of the Tonight Show. I'm like, I I, I really got to get it. That's I, I have real. To it. I uh, so that and he he let me know at the convention. I said, well, how can I start submitting material to Jay? And he's like, well. He, he told me at the time, well, you can't really start at the Tonight Show if you, you don't really have any experience. Uh, why don't you call around to some of these, some of the other shows and see if they would mm-hmm. accept uh, any writers on a freelance basis? So that's right. what uh, started that process. And sure enough, the guys at uh, Late Night with Conan O'Brien, you know, I, I owe them a tremendous debt. The writers that were there, um, a couple guys who wouldn't mind me uh, mentioning their names. Uh, uh, Chuck Sklar was one of them. Uh, who he was actually recently the uh, head monologue writer on Lopez Tonight. He gave okay. me my initial break as a freelancer, and there was another in, another really great guy there named uh, Tom Agna, who uh, kind of tu- he, he kind of tutored me and uh, took me under his wing there, and kind of showed me the ropes a little bit of what kind of material. Right. I would the uh, I would need to contribute to, for the Conan monologue because I wanted to be a monologue writer and um, they uh, they gave me a lot of feedback on my material I would I would fax stuff in and That's awesome. I, would call, I, would, I would call in and I say oh well what what did you think of this stuff today and they say well your 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 punchlines are okay and everything but your the the structure of the joke isn't right for Conan. L- go listen to some wow. some of his delivery for a while. Watch the show for a week or so, and then start to resend. and And I did, and they they were right on the money about that. It was um, comedy writing for late night talk shows is all about getting the voice of the host in your head. It's okay. all about 
it's a it's about getting the cadence and the delivery to where you basically are an extension of them what what would their take on this be not not what is the funniest thing it's what is their way of interpreting this story so wow uh, so it's really like getting in their skin i mean you really yeah, have yeah. to wow yeah That's so hopefully i'm sure a lot of people don't like you're saying, don't think like that. They just think, oh, I can write a good bit or I can write a good joke. A lot of yeah, a lot of guys, a lot of yeah, a lot of my friends, comedian friends, they're like, oh, I just uh, I, I'd send jokes in and I know they're funny. They'll just rewrite them how they want to say them. I'm like, no, that's not how you do it. You can't right. do it because that, right. that's doubling up the work. And they also that's also showing that you're you don't know the process and you're not you're not willing to do your homework and learning their style. So uh, why are they going to continue to look at your material? It, it's too labor intensive to go over your jokes and restructure them the way they want to say them. You have right. to cut out the middleman and write them exactly in their voice. So uh, wow. that's that's what late night uh, joke writing for monologues is all about, and uh, essentially that's what joke writing for comedians anywhere uh, professionally is 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 really all about. Getting the voice, uh, getting the material structured to where they can just take it and just go perform it, essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would assume, like personality-wise, you definitely have to have some type of uh, flexibility because I'm sure there's people out there, you know, that are very narcissistic and egotistical and, well, I want to just write like this. But like you're saying, you have to really be able to yeah, mold yourself. Yeah, you're not going to be a success. You're not going to uh, go very far as a comedy writer if right. you're – if you're that uh, close-minded to the to the way you're structuring your material, it's like, oh, no, it's funny. It's like, well, it's not about being funny exclusively. <laughs> it's about being right. funny. It's about being funny their way because everybody has right. a different take on a story. And if you watch the late night shows, they might all do the same setup, all do the same premise about, um, you know. Uh, uh, you know, an, an election story, or uh, you know, whatever happens to be the biggest thing in the news today. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're all going to do a different take on it. They're all going to have, sure. they're all going to have their own little slant on how, you know, uh, Jay Leno had favorite, uh, uh, like pet topics that he would like to go to all the time. He loved jokes about McDonald's and. He likes to, to joke about certain celebrities all the time, and and you know, and, and uh, Letterman had his cab driver jokes, and you know his uh, right. <laughs> you know his hey, is anybody in from out of town? Uh, did you get up to see that uh, Statue of Liberty? You know, it's it's uh, he he would like cater things towards uh, you know people that are uh, from you know just just coming into the Ed Sullivan Theater and you know not not knowing the city, and you know so his uh, it's a it's just different sensibilities, uh, basically. Uh, sure. Conan Conan was more absurdist. He uh, he was sillier. He would just he would he would he would act out his jokes a lot more, and he was incredibly smart. And he he had a very particular style, also. But it was completely different okay. than, than Jay Leno and David Letterman and Jimmy Kimmel is entirely different than uh, right like, right like Kilborn or you know there. It's an individual kind of thing, and to be a success as a as a late night writer, you you have to learn to adapt to that person's uh, style and their voice. That's interesting. It's really interesting. Yeah, because that's not something I guess people would even, you know, you don't think about all the behind the scenes stuff. You just think, oh, I can be funny and maybe I can write something good. But 
there's some yeah, more it, like you're saying. There's to a lot it. of nuance, a lot of nuances to it, and uh, hopefully we're mm-hmm. not boring the shit. We're not boring the shit out. No, of no, I find this stuff so, fascinating. I love learning about behind the scenes yeah. stuff and being educated because people don't realize. Even I mean, and again, we could we could have you back on the air and talk about this and you know continue to plug your you know effing with tonight, but even you know musicians or. People like that, they don't think, like, they just think, I want to go out, I want to play shows, I want to go on the road and, be, road and become right. a millionaire. And it's like, that's not how it works. The grunt work and the stuff you have to do. And, yeah, you know, you, some of the things that I've got. You have to be essentially a student of whatever game you're getting involved with. Right. You have to learn everything mm-hmm. there is. If you want to be a real success at it, that's the way you go about it. You you you, you become that sponge and absorb everything and ask as many questions as you possibly can. Right. And always, always try to fill yourself with as much knowledge of, you know, the business you're getting involved with and never be too full of yourself to say, oh, you know, I'm, I'm exactly. funnier than that, but I, I can't learn anything from, I mean, uh, you have to have a tremendous, uh, you know, belief in what you're doing and your ability level, but yeah, you have to be realistic that, uh, you know, you can always pick up a pointer here and there. You can always sharpen mm-hmm. you know, your, your game a little bit. So that's. And I, I think, like you're saying, being realistic, but also being humble and grounded and not being, like you're saying, this kind of pompous person who thinks they're better than everyone else. You're just going to bury yourself before you even get out there. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. I, I've, I've run into some people that they lectured me along the way. And this is one time I won't name any names, but. Okay. <laughs> there, was a, there was a guy. There was a guy uh, who uh, I was actually I was so dead set focused on getting in with the Tonight Show and writing for Jay, and I found out that this guy was a freelance writer, and I contacted him. I just called him, and he went through the whole you know paranoid thing. How'd you get this number? And how, you know, how, how, you just called <laughs> me out of the blue. I'm like, well, never mind that. I'm a, I was a friend of a friend, but I, I wanted to talk to him about the process and. It, it all wrapped around basically to he told me, Jim, I, I just got to let you know that, you know, certain people are, you know, essentially just not meant to write for, you know, the Tonight Show. It's just uh, it's just not in the cards. It doesn't look, I mean, you, you've tried for years. It doesn't look like you're, you're, you're getting it. Oh, my anywhere. gosh. Because I, I was asking okay. him, I was, I was basically asking him, can you submit some material on my behalf? And he's like, no, no, that's not how it's done. You know, he was a real stickler for you know, oh. rules and regulations. I just wanted to see if I had what it took, you know, to get jokes on. I didn't care if I got paid right. for them. He could take credit for it. I just wanted to submit under his name. And he told me, no, on certain terms, absolutely not. If, uh, I, I can't. No. I have a reputation and everything. And the very first day that I that I got the job on staff with Leno, I was so so close to calling this guy and letting him know. <laughs> I, you know what? You know, I, I just want to let you know that you know. You know, certain people are just not meant to uh, go on right. to full-fledged writing careers and become staff writers right. for uh, the Tonight Show. You know, oh, it's just man. not in the cards. You know, you know. So it, it was one of those full circle kind of things for me. I got, I got, I got some people to kick me in the balls like that along the way, and you know, tried to be a little holier than thou and like, yeah, you know, yes. not everybody can be where I'm at now, and you know, so. That, that's kind of a karmic little uh, thing that went on. Exactly, and you know what? You don't have to. You don't even have to say a word because you put your name into Google. You get tons of things come up. You've that's already right, yeah. made your. You've made your your niche, so yeah, you can be very yeah. proud of that. And you know. But I will always awesome. hold on to that in the back of my mind. I know the people that took a shit on me on the way up. 
you know, right. They were they they would come out of the woodwork and just when I needed a little bit of help, they would remind me that I wasn't in you know in in the lofty place that they were right then. And it's like, no, uh, you, you know, I can't do that. And I, you know, that's not the way the game is played. It's like, no, the game is played any way you want to play it because this is Hollywood right. and there's no rules. So. Stop being such an asshole and you know, know like okay, it. we are Jim, I'm sorry. We are talking off the air because I can use we can take some stories together and create some. Oh really yeah, definitely. Let's let's try to stuff. if there is such a thing as a track <laughs> here, let's try let's try to stay on it. So, Absolutely. Uh, so why don't we do this? Why don't we um let's before we introduce um well I'll plug FM with tonight and stuff, but why don't we play one of the bits and then we can start delving into the concept, how you develop this show, where, you know what I mean? Okay, well, well what do we have first? What do you want uh, to queue up there? Let's see, we have, um, and for one of the, the first one, I have the Kanye West one, which I thought was hilarious. I love that one. Okay. Uh, just to you want to do up, that one? Like it's just to set it up a little for people. Sure, this is yeah, an yeah, an let's do that. Yeah. This is an animated late-night talk show, uh, which, after hearing any of my conversation so far, is... It's 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 very very unfiltered. It's uh, un it's uncensored. It's in your face. It's no punches are pulled on this. This is my idea of the ultimate late night talk show. If you didn't have to cater to people's sensitivities and demographics, and basically a lot of these interviews, like we we have interviews with Kanye West, like we said here, and Chaz Bono is also an interview, and Jerry Lewis. Mm-hmm. It's it's my. Uh, my interpretation of what an interview would be like with a guest where you didn't uh you didn't have to kiss their ass and you weren't there to listen to them plug their latest project or anything it became <laughs> these interviews became more of a roast than anything else we just wanted to uh go after all the things we that, that were annoying about them and kind of needle them and and prod them and push them and uh, and that's uh, essentially you know what what the interview segments and we and our monologues are along the same lines. It's you know it's stuff that stuff that we that me and uh, Jared, who's uh, Jared Cardwell, who's a, the writer mm-hmm. along with me on this stuff that we personally found funny. Uh, we have a darker you know almost black sense of humor with a lot of stuff, and uh, we wanted to get that out there to the public. So this was yeah it, this was my vision. Of uh, you know, and and he certainly helped mold a, a lot of the ideas, but uh, you know, getting getting something out there that's just truly funny that you can laugh at and and not 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 kind of chuckle or just say, oh, you know, that's that's kind of amusing. So right. Okay. So instead of me rambling well, on, we'll we'll just uh, no, that's fine. Okay. That's fine. I'll plug it again. But I'm gonna I'll put you on hold, and then we're going to uh, check out your bit. All right. Okay. Thanks. Okay. Hold on one second. All right, everyone, again, if you are tuning in right now to The Carrie Edelman Show, you're listening to Jim Shaughnessy, who is the co-creator or creator with his co-writer, as you mentioned, Jared Caldwell, of Essen with Tonight. You can check it out on Crackle.com. And when we come back, he's going to tell us more about uh, what's in the future for the show because I can definitely see it on a network series. It's it's phenomenal. So definitely check it out at Crackle.com. And that's C-R-A-C-K-L-E dot com. All right, so we're going to check out his bit right now. This is one of the ones that he wrote, and it's uh, featuring uh, mocking uh, Kanye West. Three teenage girls were fired from a KFC after they were caught bathing in the restaurant sink. 
It could have been bad, but they took that bathwater, marinated up the chicken, and they launched KFC's new Hyman Dippers. They've got just a hint of Jägermeister. Well, uh, my lawyer says uh, no. They were clearly sober. A baby was born in Colorado with a fully formed foot growing inside its brain. When the mother saw it, she thought it was adorable. Not the hideous child, the precious little foot. Kachika, 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 look at the little sister. I think that is a delicacy in the Philippines, the baby brain foot. You put it up through the table and cut, and everybody gets a spoon. That's horrible. No, it's only when we run out of monkeys. <laughs> Coca-Cola is launching a new carbonated milk called Vio. It's a combination of skim milk and flavored seltzer water. The taste is unlike anything you've ever had unless you've been sprayed in the face by a lactating clown. <laughs> Okay. Um, Jim, I, I mean, uh, I believe, I believe yeah, that sorry. may have been I the wrong that was, that, that was No, the wrong I'm sorry one. about that. That was, that. Our, uh, <laughs> that, was our, that was all right. You, uh, but uh, just to let people know, that was uh, the voice of Patrick Warburton uh, as the host of our show, uh, Raymond Effen. Uh, and the, the show is Effen with tonight. It's you know it's just a kind of, kind of a little little uh, you know dirty play on words, but. Uh, the the story about uh, the host is uh, uh, Effen is his, not his last name. He changed it from uh, Herfin when he moved to Hollywood, just, just to get a <laughs> get a little bit of buzz off of it. So um, that was uh, that was a little clip of uh, some of the monologue jokes, along with uh, Miss Rachel uh, Butera as yep. uh, Rufa, his uh, his ex-wife and uh, incredibly insane sidekick on the show. Now she she's a his, uh, uh, she's actually a Filipino uh, uh, woman, and uh, <laughs> so it's. Uh, I, I don't. Did you, would you want to maybe uh, cue yeah, up the, uh, you know the Kanye I, now? So yeah, and, let's see. Because uh, I labeled them under, and I had played them, and I'd wa- I'd listen to each one. Right. You know, maybe I'm getting confused with when I was watching all the different ones yeah, on the actual could, channel. Could be a little dyslexia. You might have just. Yeah, I think, you know, because I was watching so many of the ones on the channel. So do you remember, because you sent me a first bit, a second bit, and a third bit, and I have all those uploaded. Uh, I don't know which order they were sent, but... Yeah. Uh, well, let's, you know what, why don't we just check each one of them out, and as we come back, you can and t- talk about that well, particular let's one. let's just say the other, it, you're, we're, you're either going to now listen to uh, an interview with Kanye <laughs> West or an interview with Jerry Lewis, which is now coming okay. up. All right. All right. We're going to check that out right now. Let's uh, see which one we pick. All right. We'll be back in a moment. You single-handedly put the Muscular Dystrophy Association on the map with your maudlin parade of Joe Franklin-like lounges. I beg your pardon? You've been doing this for 45 years, since 1966. No, no, it was 59 years, 1952. You're doing God's work. You know, if God didn't have any powers and couldn't actually heal anybody. (laughs) Almost a half a century and more than a billion dollars raised. Give this man a round of applause, and if your hands are too weak, just bite down on your typing straw. Listen, the only reason I'm still sitting here on this far cockney show is because I'm a consummate professional. You certainly are. Now, let's talk about your films. I love all your movies. 
Chinese. Asian guy with funny teeth, three targets a job at a department store, Italian man with a monocle. <laughs> These were the working titles, obviously. Are you out of your mind? Do you know that I'm sitting right here? Are you aware of this? Now, I know you have the problems of young Hollywood figured out. You were asked what you thought about celebrities like Lindsay Lohan and Paris Hilton and how they act, and you said... I said I would smack her in the mouth, and first of all, they don't know who Al Jolson was. That's right. That's right. And if they did, that would get them to quit drinking and doing the coke. You don't give anybody in Hollywood a pass, do you? You're right. I once had to knock some of Betty Buckley's teeth out because she had no idea... How to sing like Martha Reeves. Even those kids on the telephone. You hold them to a standard. It was 1994. The first little kid I talked to who didn't know who Amos and Andy was, I knocked her fucking braces off. Whack! The audacity of these ingrates. The gall. No respect for the sanctity of blackface. All right. Okay, and now we're back, and there we go. We got the Jerry Lewis one. <laughs> that was, yes. That was the uh, amazing uh, respect that I'm showing for... Uh, what can be considered my dad? Because uh, I I don't I didn't reveal this. I actually uh, I have I have muscular dystrophy. Oh and wow! Okay. That um, I'm not uh, I'm not a full fledged uh, Jerry's kid in the wheelchair kind of muscular dystrophy, but I have a a milder version of it. And, okay. Uh, that that kind of led to. Uh, me putting that interview together because my frustrations with the uh, Muscular Dystrophy Association and Jerry in general, and so it's uh, my loving tribute, basically, you know, through through our show. But, uh, and uh, I I know Patrick was uh, initially a little uh, hesitant about it because Jerry was one of his heroes, but uh, I, he did get a big Aww. kick out of the, he got a kick out of the material, and I said, well, the fact that Jerry will probably hate you for the rest of his days, it's, it's no reason not to do this. Don't worry about that. Um, oh, wow. So, so, yeah. So, well, thank you for sharing us, that with us. And, um, I mean, is, are you involved at all in the actual muscle, muscular dystrophy, doing anything in terms of, I mean, uh, if you want any support, we could plug in on no, the show? Yeah, I could I could use donations if anybody would like to send uh, cash <laughs> along. I could, I'll, we'll give out the address, the, the the mailing address later, but uh, no. Okay. It's a, it's a muscular, the Muscular Dystrophy Association is a non-profit organization, even though I believe it's a pure profit organization. So it's, okay. um, they just, they hold a couple fundraisers every year, uh, you know, obviously right. the Labor Day Telethon and, um they, uh, they, you know, it's they, you know they're they're funding research and uh, they're helping with equipment and everything. But um, yeah, uh, kind of everybody with the disease is sort of on their own. And uh, you know, we're, okay. but uh, you know, I I, I don't want to steer this into a medical discussion or anything. But right, right, right. I'm, okay. I'm doing fine. I'm, uh, you know, I, I I'm I'm off of dialysis. I'm you know I I don't have a uh, you, know, you know, I'm not on an iron lung, and I'm uh, I'm doing pretty good. No, it's it's not. Uh, it's luckily my particular type is not life threatening, so we can okay. uh, uh, let's get we can move move back into the comedy. Uh, move in, back into the okay yeah. <laughs> okay. So getting back into the comedy, tell us how you eventually. When did you decide to break away from you know doing the freelance writing for? some of the people that you were writing for and you decided to just go off on your own and create this uh, comedic series that you're working on? 
Well, it wasn't wasn't necessarily a decision uh, that I made. Uh, I basically was fired from uh, the uh, the Jay Leno show, the ten o'clock extravaganza that you know failed miserably on NBC. Um, there was there was a lot of turmoil. Huh. I'm sure you you know about what happened there. Um, no, I mean and I would, actually yeah. educate me more because I'm not. I mean, I'm not that up to date on it. Well, that was that was during the, the the big changeover when Conan was about to lose the Tonight Show, right. and, and then Jay was you know in in limbo because his ten o'clock show wasn't doing well. Well, essentially, what happened in you know whittling it all down was I was on the bottom of the seniority list uh, along with okay. a, another uh, writer who was there, and we were let go uh, in order to make room for some other um, writers uh, that they had in mind to bring into breathe some new life into the show. They wanted we were monologue writers, the two guys, uh uh me and the other guy who was let go. And uh they wanted to bring in some sketch writers and that, that's pretty much when I got the uh the the walking yeah. papers there. Uh you know, but essentially uh you know, I, I had a I had an over over a seven year run as a staff writer there. I I got a wow. tremendous amount of experience. It was a little ugly the way you know, it all went down at the end. You know, it's uh, I was fired right before Thanksgiving, but you know, it's, uh, oh, that's a shame. Oh yeah, but yeah. So that was rough. That was 2009, and um, I I was I was starting to work up some ideas for the show. I mean, it's been a it, it's been a, a long process of developing, you know, mm-hmm. uh, the, the right relationships with uh, voice actors, and uh, you know, we. We, we were so lucky to fall in uh, with Patrick. I uh, I linked up with He's him. He's great. And, yeah, that's uh, that's a, that's a whole other massive story in, in itself. Okay. I, uh, I uh, Jared and I we, we were sa- sitting around and we we just decided uh, one day that we we would come up with a master like a, a dream list of voice talent that we would want to get for the show. And okay. I you know. One of the top people on that list was Patrick Warburton, and I, you know, I'm pretty uh, ballsy when it comes to trying to approach people. So I decided <laughs> to go at a, a, a little bit of a, a different way. I, uh, I, you know, I was starting to send email stuff out. I'm, I'm thinking fan club things, and uh, I just did a random search. For just uh, I just thought maybe there's some crazy a way that Patrick might have uh, a MySpace page, because this is before the phenomenon of Facebook. This was a Facebook, few years okay. back. Yeah, so he he ended up, it, I stumbled onto it, and I thought, okay, uh, I'll, I'll send a little note through his uh, MySpace and let him know that, you know, we have this project. I think he would be perfect as a lead on the show. Uh, I, and letting him know that I, I was writing for The Tonight Show, I think that caught his attention. And Okay. Uh, <laughs> Or he personally uh, got back to me, which was just, it was dumbfounding. Wow! The fact that a celebrity, you know, is reading their own MySpace page. I mean, usually they're set up exactly by, by their people. By you know, he has a publicist or he has uh, you know uh, an, an assistant that, that monitors the page. He personally was was looking at uh, you know replies and everything on there. So that's how oh it all gosh. started uh, a couple years back, and you know, actually. Uh, yeah, I, I think early 2009, and then we just uh, we put together a little demo of uh, what we thought the show was going to be, uh, and we started shopping it around. And we uh, 
we ended up getting it in the hands of the people at Comedy Central. Who, I was just uh, going to say that it would it would be perfect for that for Comedy Central, among of course other major. Yeah, I mean, they, we, shows, we thought they, Comedy Central would be perfect. Yeah, we saw them, Adult Swim, uh, you know, which we're still you know in uh, talks with, and we're, we're we're obviously wide open to speaking with anybody. But at the time, the, the you know it just wasn't right. Uh, we we were close to getting. Uh, a pilot deal with Comedy Central that did not happen. That sort of fell through, and okay. that led us that led us to Sony, uh, and you know, moving the show into the direction of doing it as a web series. And I thought that initially that sounded like the world's worst idea. Nobody's ever going to see it. It's you know, it's it's like you're doing uh, something in your basement, or you're oh, we're going to throw something right. on YouTube, and it's like, well, this is through a major, you know, multi-billion-dollar conglomerate, and that's Sony. Wow. They mm-hmm. uh, they they were willing to greenlight the project as you know, in a limited capacity as a smaller uh, web series. So we, you know, uh, we we were able to get our feet into the business that way. So and, and get the vision of the show out there, which is my nice. That was that was my main goal. You know, uh, if we if we can make a pilot, which we, this is what we were going to do for Comedy Central, that would be great. Essentially, what we've made now is, you know, a, a, a whole bunch of little pilots. You know, we we right. have we have, right. we, have, we, have three, we have three. Uh, adult swim like length episodes right now then we're uh we're hoping that uh you know that we can that somebody can see the vision in this now cuz it does it's a lot of if i do say so a lot of really funny edgy stuff it's got a very unique point of view and uh i think it, it definitely deserves a, a chance to live as a series so i'm hoping that oh, that's I agree with you now if you had the opportunity so if you if you're going to create a you know, one for a network television show. Would it be a half hour show? Is we would, that what we you would want love to be? We, or? We, we, yeah, we could do a half hour version. We could do uh, a fifteen minute version still, okay. which is essentially what this is. Uh, you mm-hmm. know, with, so yeah, we're open to any any kind of a format. Uh, this could live in in, in, in a variety of different ways. Um, I, I would love to see this on uh, on some kind of a cable network. There would be Spike TV. Uh, Mm-hmm. You no, know, uh, HBO or Showtime. This is this would be perfect, unfiltered uh, kind of stuff for them. Uh, right. So yeah, it's uh, it's kind of wide open right now. Where the you know we t- we take it from here. It's uh, wherever uh, people can give us uh, a, a little bit of an opportunity. I think. That's cool. And I'm I'm assuming at this point you still have you know other pe- your hands are in some other places with this, so that other people are looking at it too. Yeah, we're. Um, I'm starting uh, the process, and that's why I, you know, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm interested in, you know, getting on your show and hopefully uh, a few other people's uh, podcasts and radio shows, and mm-hmm. getting the word out to where people that aren't aware of it uh, can can start paying attention to it a little bit and seeing the potential that we have. I think we have the foundation of a really, really awesome series here. It's just not fully formed right now. So um, right. We uh, we just we need we need to get in the hands of somebody who has some vision and can can see. I mean, Patrick's got an unlimited potential with this character. It's we just were on a really really tight budget and uh, we we didn't we weren't able to uh, fully realize you know the capacity of the show. Now we we'd have loved to have done a full season of this. Or, 
you know, like right, six, right. eight, twelve episodes of it. But um, and if I can just ask you, does is it true that creating an animated series costs more than doing other stuff? I would I would love to know just a little bit of information about how you go about doing that and. It uh, it certainly can, depending on mm-hmm. uh, what animation company or the animators that you're dealing with. Um, we we did our we had our series done by Titmouse Animation, the the company that does uh, a lot of stuff for Adult Swim. They they do the Metalocalypse, okay. the heavy metal uh, series that's on there. Um, so they and they, we've done this. We did this in Flash Animation, which is it's a cheaper form of animation that you know it doesn't. Okay. It, it, it doesn't uh, take away from the aesthetic of it. It's just an easier and a quicker turnaround uh, for doing the, the the work itself. So um, I got gotcha. you. Okay. As far as far as will will, will an animated series cost more? Uh, a lot of times uh, you can't do it on a, an extreme shoestring budget. You can't do it like you would be able to shoot a, a reality show. You know, you just right. don't have you don't have a couple of guys with cameras running around and just one editor. I mean, we exactly. We, it's very labor intensive to do an animation series. But that being said, um, it's not it's not going to cost millions of dollars to do a season or anything. It's uh, it's kind of relative to doing uh, you know a sitcom or or something along those lines. And there's ways to cut corners. Creatively, and we've done a lot of that. I, I, I would, I would assume, uh, you know, from what when people check it out, we, you know, we're a, we're able to uh, upsell, you know, a lot of the comedic elements and uh, kind of hide some of the, the the stuff that we weren't able to do. And you know, there there's techniques uh, for doing that mm-hmm. and everything. But you know, it's uh, it's. It's kind. Of, it's kind of a. Uh, it's it's a giant learning experience for me because I've I've never done anything in animation before. And right. Right. So that's. That's uh, cool. Yeah. So I, I don't know if I answered that question at all, but. Uh, yeah. No. 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 You did. I. I think it's just interesting because I remember Howard talking about just to you know because he was talking about doing Howard Stern years. Remember. And I'm not right. sure what he oh, wanted yeah, to do, but he years. just said yeah, yeah. the high school years, right? And he said right, that. Right it would have cost so much money to do one segment. And I was like, what yeah. the heck goes into this? That So that's why yeah. I was just curious on your end. Well, um, yeah. It, there there are, basically, I guess the, 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 the quick answer is, depending on who does your animation uh, and are you doing, are you doing like Family Guy, uh, traditional right. uh, animation, or are you doing something a little cheaper, with it, which is the Flash animation that we're using. I mean, a lot of series have actually uh, been done in Flash Animation that have been on Comedy Central, uh, uh, drawn together, I believe, is, uh, you know, that series uh, that was on Comedy Central was done completely in Flash, saved a lot of money, Um, because you don't have to send it overseas to do it. All this was done down in Hollywood in in one facility, so so there are cost-effective ways of doing an animation series, basically. Yeah, and I love it. I think, I mean, I don't know the difference between, you know, like you're saying, Flash and the different types, so, but, I mean, I think it looks really professional. It looks great. I love it. Well, thank you. I really, really yeah, appreciate really that. Good. And, uh, <laughs> really good stuff. Why don't we, um, why don't you introduce the other one with uh, Kanye West? We'll check that oh, yeah. one out, and we'll come yeah, back this, and talk more about yeah, it. This will be our final clip, and uh, 
this is an interview segment we did uh, with with uh, it's Ray interviewing uh, Kanye West, who is played by a fantastic voice actor named uh, Bumper Robinson. Who uh, we and we auditioned probably a dozen people to play Kanye, and he beat out everybody. <laughs> Because we, what we wanted to go for was realis, realism with the the, vo, the voice impressions. We wanted people to get lost in that and and just say, is that really? Did he do his own voice? You know, that kind of thing. Like mm-hmm. we, we were kind of the opposite of South Park. We we weren't we weren't trying to imitate the voices badly. We were trying to imitate them as accurately as possible. So right. <laughs> well, it's definitely. Was, I mean, you're definitely dead on with this one. This one's awesome. Well, thank you. And uh, this is uh, this is Ray's cross examination of Kanye West, basically. Okay, check it out, everyone. All right, now take me through this. I'm not a lesbian, but I know my gender is a uh, really male thing. <laughs> well, it's uh, very confusing to a lot of people, but uh, they're two completely different things, actually. One is how you view yourself and uh, how you feel, and the other is who you're attracted to. And you know, Reggie, a little Zinfandel. What are you doing? Look, we've both had a tough week. Try to relax. Do you know you look radiant? All right, Ray, this is ridiculous. Just think back to when you were a woman, you know, like during the pre-interview. Did you like it when someone drew you a warm bath? Yeah, I guess. Scented candles around the entire bathroom. Yeah, of course, but uh, now I light them so my gas doesn't stink it up. All right, now, see, listen, you're ruining the image. I light a match in there when I take a big deuce. All right. For the old courtesy flush. Focus! Focus. Remember the ambiance, the romance. <laughs> Jim, I'm so see, this sorry is, this again. This is what we like to do on the Carrie Edelman show. Oh we like to God. just totally, <laughs> to- totally fuck with the audience completely. We... We set up the wrong clips uh, all the time. I I just wanted to run that disclaimer (laughs) right away. Sorry. No, obviously that was not the A. Kanye West interview. No, that wasn't, but that was still a great one. It was the Chaz Bono. And it doesn't matter. You know, this is us saying, you know what? You're never going to know what you're going to get on the Carrie Edelman show, really. Just uh, There you go. Thank you. Never trust your host. That's what we're saying right now. That, and also uh, you never know what you're you never know what you're going to get with Jim, too, because he has amazing work out there, so we just keep surprising everyone. That's right. And we like to lie to people about the setup <laughs> on the clips, really. We could just play anything I'm so sorry, here. Jim. No, you know what? It doesn't, no, it doesn't, honestly, it doesn't matter. Cause, oh. uh, I, I don't think people have tuned out because they got the wrong clip. Let's, let's be honest. No, probably no, be, no, no. Absolutely I'm tuning not. out because I'm droning on incessantly about things, for, I'm sure. No, but, uh, no, you're doing great. You're doing great. So um okay so we'll talk about the Chaz Bono who uh who did the vocal that work was, and the voice work for and him and I think I think you know already that was the amazing uh, Rachel Butera oh that was Rachel okay that was Rachel yes she's multi talented <laughs> doing transsexual voice work all kinds of things so she's uh, she and I I can just tell a brief story about her. Sure. I uh, first found out about her because obviously I'm a fan of Howard and I mm-hmm. was I. I heard that they had a uh, a staff impressionist voice contest, and yeah, uh, I I don't have Sirius anymore, but I uh, I was listening on, uh, and I know you were plugging these guys, MarksFriggin.com, which I'm a bit I'm a big fan of this this Mark, whoever this guy is, and uh, he's in the he, chat room right now listening. Oh, to he is. Him. Okay, I'm giving him a shout yeah. because I <laughs> love that guy because he he is my lifeline to the Stern Show because I don't listen all the time, so I you know he's. He's insane, and he documents every element of every show. 
he transcribes inter, you know conversations so i saw that rachel was on there and i'm like wow i wonder if she could handle doing some voice stuff for us so i and i went on yeah. youtube and i listened to the clip and i'm like she is a savant she is she's a prodigy she's amazing and i've ne- I've she never is. heard voice impersonations like hers, uh, and she's she came out of nowhere either. I mean, she's just this chick from Jersey. And I'm like, who who is this? So, she's, <laughs> uh, so I contacted her as I always tend to do. I just cold emailed her. Or, uh, I sent. I think I got it through Facebook or something. And um, I said I have some uh, particular characters that I'd like you to take a shot at. And she, I think she may have told this brief story about um, she did the voice of the Filipino sidekick uh, character. And this right. uh, character was based on someone that uh, my wife and I actually knew. Uh, and uh, she was, uh, we, had a, we, had a, we actually had an MP3 clip of the, the actual woman speaking. So I sent that to Rachel. I said, see if you can voice match this to, as best as you could. Within a day or so, she sent it back. And I and I went to play it, and I I, I honestly thought I was playing the original MP3 right, real right. woman. Wow. I'm like, holy shit, this is perfect. She is she is a phenomenal talent. So uh, it she just, is. And it, she it, is. It took off from there, and then I then I threw her the Chaz thing, and I just said, well, what do you think you can do with Chaz? And there's some characters from the Jersey Shore show that we had a sketch <laughs> yeah. with, and she did Snooky and Jay Wow, and. It, she did, and she did these. Uh, the, we have a we have a game show segment called uh, "Guess Who's Going to Be Gay," where uh, Ray and uh, a couple of the people from the show try to try try to uh, determine which uh, young children might turn out to be I gay. I love that one. So, I watch that. Yeah, it's, a, <laughs> that it's a, a silly, stupid game show, and uh, she ended up doing the children's voices on that. So she she's so versatile and so. Uh, multi-talented and it's uh, yeah definitely definitely thrilled to be working with her and and she's uh and now she's living out here in la so uh so all of this stuff stemmed the all of our experiences all came about because of howard stern i'm going to say that right now because that seems i mean it's because of rachel getting you know on the stern show i found her it's Mm -hmm. a weird little cosmic you know coincidence kind of thing I think that's mainly the reason I got into comedy is because of Howard. I mean, uh, and certainly the type of comedy I do is very much inspired by him. So, um, and I know Patrick Warburton's a huge uh, fan of Howard too. So, oh, is he? We're, yeah, we're one big Howard Stern loving family. Here. <laughs> so it's uh, that's awesome. Just so I can tell you, there's another person in the chat room. He wants to say hi. His name is Ray, and I'll give him a plug. He has a um a radio show on the internet called 98.8 Rebel Rock. So he okay. just wanted to say hi to you. So <laughs> a, big, a big hi back to Ray on the, at the Rebel there Rock you go, Ray. radio show. Yes, please. And uh, tune in if you haven't already to, uh, you know, and watch our stuff on uh, crackle.com there. Yeah, right. Definitely go. I think he would like it, actually. He's a big yeah. fan of uh, Jim Florentine and Don oh, Jameson, great. who have, yeah, we've also been oh, on I my show. That. So. I, that, I watch that metal show all the time. I'm a huge heavy metal fan, too. So, And I heard your interview cool. uh, with Richard Christie, which was awesome, too. So, Thank you. <laughs> Richard was crazy. He was great. I'm yeah, trying to get him to come think, back on to yeah. do a Halloween segment. I love that. I just you know love being on your show, Carrie. I, just, <laughs> I know. Yeah, he's, he's, 
he's a, well, hey. he's, he's, yeah, he's such and he he's such a sincere guy as well as being a, a really twisted, uh, sick individual at the same time. So it's uh, it's a weird yeah. combination, but yeah, super talented dude. He's really I know really, really talented. I learned a lot about. I learned so much more about him than I thought I already knew. So yeah, it was really cool. So um, so why don't you tell us what else do you have in store? Right now for Crackle.com, and are you working on any other um, shows to put up there? Well, that's uh, all up to Sony at this point, really. We're, we're kind okay. of awaiting, uh, seeing what the feedback is going to be from them. Uh, we only debuted uh, a month ago, so we're trying to get the word out about uh, F and with Tonight at this point. So it, it, it takes a little bit of time to get a determination mm-hmm. of whether we're going to have Season 2 on Crackle, uh, we're obviously wide open to doing uh, what I'm hoping will be uh, possibly a pilot or a series for Sony Television. We'd love to turn this into because you know we can go to Sony's Television Division, and they could uh, you know they, they you know, this more of a like a syndication thing because Sony doesn't have a a network. But uh, much like uh, Patrick's Rules of Engagement show, which is a Sony mm-hmm. production, it's on CBS. So. We could be a Sony production and be on Comedy Central or be on uh, Adult Nice. So we'd love to do that. We'd love to stay with the Sony family on this thing, if that would be possible, you know, in-house and, you know, do this with them. And, uh, you know, I, despite all of the financial restrictions and everything, uh, we, you know, I'm, I'm really, really grateful of being able to do, to get this thing off the ground and them giving me the opportunity to do it uh, at Sony. So this is, uh, it's not, I don't, I don't do a lot of ass kissing or anything, but you know, it is, uh, it, 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 it did give us the leg up that we really needed. So I am really, really thankful for them uh, letting that's us do great. this uh, whacked out show with their network. <laughs> no, that's awesome. I mean, like you said, it's so important to find people that support you and that's, that's awesome that they're, given you guys this opportunity and I'm sure you're going to demonstrate to them that you guys got a a gem here that's going to be really awesome and take off. Yeah, I certainly hope so. It's uh it's a lot and a lot of hard work in the initial uh phases for us, but you know, I think that's what it is with any kind of a smaller operation like a sure. web series. You know, we mm-hmm. have to generate the interest. Uh there, there isn't a lot of revenue that can go into it from, you know, the the Sony Crackle end of things. That, but they've given us a platform in order to debut this, and I'm more than happy right. to go out and push, push this to the moon. So, um, yeah, that's. So, are you guys basically just promoting and marketing this all by yourselves? You don't have like a special. I'm not saying through Sony. I'm, I'm just saying maybe an outside person that you hired to do some publicity and marketing for you. Well, uh, unfortunately. Uh, that costs a, a little bit of money to I get know. a PR firm. And Sony Sony has uh, some PR people that are uh, they're sending press releases out. They they nice. got us uh, they got us a little bit of publicity with uh, a site called Tube Filter. Uh, they uh, a guy there who uh, gave us a nice little plug, uh, which you know got our numbers uh, jumped up a little bit. So essentially, I I think it's all going to be you know. It's going to be through shows like yours, and uh, if I can get a, a brief plug in now, also that uh, Patrick sure. and I are going to be doing the uh, Adam Carolla podcast uh, this Thursday. So oh, nice! That's going to be uh, really exciting, and hopefully, uh, you know, 
between your show and several other uh, radio shows and podcasts like that, we can mm-hmm. start spreading the word and get you know uh, get the word out there that you know we're even here because you know these it's sort of like an independent film. It's you know a lot of people don't right. even, aren't even aware of it. You have to go generate the buzz yourself. So we're uh, we're going to definitely. Gonna, Did you ever think of sending Howard a copy of it? Uh, can you do that? We probably could. I, I've I'm trying to get myself booked on there. I don't know if, uh, if Mr. Mr. Friggin over there, Mark, uh, if you can maybe get a word in there. I would love, I would love to get on uh, and tell some of my uh, my Jay Leno stories because uh, I know Howard's not a big fan of Jay either, and uh, I got I got plenty to say about that. Uh, okay. Uh, about my well, experience you know what? I'll I'll send you my number. I have some ideas for you, so definitely call me okay. off the air. Yeah, all I'd right. love to. I, so yeah, I'd love to uh, love to get on Howard and tell him all about. I, I think he'd really dig the show, and uh, I know he's a huge fan of Rachel. So uh, yeah, that would be a great. Day. Yeah, I mean, I don't know why he would say no. I think, like you said, the combination of your show that you're promoting, FM with tonight, Rachel, the fact that you have your you know Jay Reno experiences, we'll put it that way. I mean, yeah. I think it's a, it's a win win win. Yeah, it would be you great. Know? So yeah, please, uh, I'm wide open. I love. I'd love to get some help getting through the door there. It's uh they don't th- I know they don't do a lot of shows now. I mean they're down to like three day weeks. Uh, I know. Yeah, unfortunately. Occasionally they do a four day, but yeah, it's mostly a three day week, yeah. Yeah, so it's a lot of uh, jumping through hoops to try to get in, in there. But any help that anybody can be out there and, and obviously carry you if you can help us out, that that would be fantastic. Yeah, it's my idea is to brainstorm. I can't promise it would work, but I, that's what I love doing. I love doing marketing stuff with my psychology, and that's one of the things I really like. Yeah. So. Free psychotherapy for Howard. See, that's, he's got a, he, he, I know he has a psychiatrist. <laughs> like, I think he's down to maybe three days a week. He can throw in a couple free uh, days of Yeah, well, you know, he doesn't like psychologists. Oh, God. See, he likes psychiatrists. Yeah, you can never get too much therapy really i mean no absolutely uh, not especially if they're good you know what i mean <laughs> of course so yeah so um yeah so why don't we wind up with uh yeah just promoting the show again letting everyone know where they can find out about it and jim might be more than happy to you know bring you on at another time in the future if you know things start really spiraling and you need some more publicity so feel free to just call me and get in contact with me i really really appreciate get in that. contact with me because i will absolutely bring you back on yeah, and uh, I just my my wife has already uh, given me a note that I'm talking way too much, and uh, no, tell her you're fine. So I, <laughs> so I, you're yeah, fine. I, hopefully, I, I didn't, uh, I, I wasn't trying to filibuster too hard here. I'm just no, uh, absolutely not. And it was, uh, you know, it was a great experience. I, you know, I can't thank you enough for having me on, and obviously having uh, Rachel on also. That's uh, that was a that was a big boost for us to. Uh, to get the word out in advance, I think she was on like mm-hmm. over a month or so ago. So that was that was yeah, great. It was. Really it was right before the the release, your your release party and stuff. So yeah. Mhm. Yeah, that's fantastic. So uh, uh, yeah, I I would love to come back on and mm-hmm. hopefully I have some great news uh, about where we're we're going to be at uh, in in the near future with this, and uh, we can give you an update and we'll have some more uh, you know in, in, incorrect clips to play on here. So. <laughs> you might Definitely. actually get a Kanye West clip or something, but uh, but I do want to say before I wrap up that uh, unfortunately we weren't able to get a, a clip loaded up that 
I was really, really uh, excited about. We have a uh, performer uh, by the name of uh, Jay Lamont uh, mm-hmm. that everybody should check out. He does the world's greatest Barack Obama impersonation. And, uh, Carrie, I believe you heard <laughs> the clip that he It was is, great. Yeah, he is. Uh, so hopefully maybe next time when uh, when I come on we can play a little bit of him. But uh, check out. Check out Jay's work. Uh, anybody who is listening, uh, you know, the, he is he's such a phenomenal comedian, and I will say the absolute best uh, Barack Obama impersonator, voice impersonation, bar none anywhere. And I've heard dozens <laughs> of them. So he is so spot on and is such an amazing, amazingly talented guy. So uh, uh, that will be a little teaser, hopefully, for the next uh the next uh, episode here that you know, when I'm absolutely. on. Absolutely. We'll absolutely play, play that next time, I promise you. I'm sorry it's such short notice, but I was trying to fiddle with the file, and unfortunately it just wasn't matching what I needed for the the show, but we'll definitely get it on next time. Yeah, I, I think, yeah. But yeah, you got to leave them wanting more. That, that, that's always the way it is. That's yeah. true. There you go, Jim. Absolutely. All <laughs> in the psychology. See, that's the thing. You just you dangle it out there, and you're just like, oh, I, mm-hmm. I got it. I got to come. I got to tune in to Carrie next week because, uh, you know, this, it was a cliffhanger last week. <laughs> yeah. So, well, thank you so much for coming on. And again, just feel free to plug, you know, FM with Tonight, Crackle.com, any of the other. Um, people again that are affiliated with your show and that are doing a great job yeah please everybody yeah check check us out on uh crackle.com c-r-a-c-k-l-e.com and scroll down the page to uh, effing with tonight uh we we have our we have three full-length episodes up but do yourself a favor go and watch the uncensored versions of these shows because for whatever crazy reason, they uploaded the censored stuff first, and that's like in the featured playlist. But go to the bottom of the playlist okay. and watch the uncensored stuff. It just—I'm not just a big fan of curse words, but it's—it's just—it gives you a more unfiltered, unstepped-on, you know, representation of what the show is. Because uh, when there's bleeps all over the place, it—it just—it just doesn't uh, do it justice. So. Uh, check out the uncensored uh, stuff that's on there, and uh, we are going to be getting uh, a, a website uh, up and running over the next week or two, and that will uh, cool. that, that will be effingwithtonight.com. Uh, uh, so right now, you know, we're kind of uh, moving it off of uh, we had a we had a big Facebook fan page thing going, but we're going to have a full fledged website with clips and updates on uh, where. Uh, you know where the voice actors are with their with their various projects and who's involved in our show and uh, the, uh, the we're going to have uh, backstories on uh, who Ray Effin is and where he came from and all the characters <laughs> essentially. So yeah, we'll we'll be able to give you a, a fully immersive experience uh, into the world of uh, Effin with tonight uh, at the website. So. Uh, you can you can check it out now if you'd like effingwithtonight.com uh, that'll redirect you to the uh, Facebook page right now but uh yeah put, you know uh, definitely want to bookmark that and check that check back uh, with us over the next couple of weeks we'll have a full website going with with videos and uh behind the scenes stuff we have a lot of that stuff we we have cool. we actually we had a guy documenting our entire production process in the studio oh wow nice so um it's uh and just to give a couple shout outs to uh 
some of the people that I didn't mention. Um, the uh, a couple of the other voice actors we had the uh, the phenomenal uh, uh, Danny uh, Jacobs, who was actually doing uh, the voice of Jerry Lewis. Uh, okay. He is. He's an Emmy uh, award-winning voice actor. He was uh, he just won uh, an Emmy for the uh, Penguins of Mad- Madagascar, the, uh, oh, the series. Impressive, so, cool. Uh, yeah. Uh, so and the ultra phenomenal uh, Billy West, which uh, I'm sure you might be aware of. Billy. Nice. Yeah. He uh, he was actually the voice of uh, our uh, eminent child psychologist in the Guess Who's Going to Be Gay segment, Doctor Vargas <laughs> Alomar. So. He uh, he lent his his talents to, to our show, and we you know it was, it was just such a thrill to have him aboard because I've been a fan of Billy's since the, the early days of the Howard Stern show. So having him aboard okay. was uh, kind of a dream, really, for for all of us. And um, we have Mr. Peter Holney. Uh, he was the voice of Ron, uh, the uh, the uh, the band leader character, who is actually based off of a friend of mine. Who looks exactly like that, and the guy sounds precisely <laughs> like the cartoon character. So, I think you'll get a nice. big kick out of this uh, character, Ron. And we have a lot of big things planned for him in the future episodes, also. So, um, uh, that is, and uh, I, that's pretty much it. Uh, the theme, I will tell you, the theme song for our show was written by uh, my buddy Ron Shadrowski, who this. Uh, this character was built uh, around, and uh, his he had an old punk, uh, punk band that he was in uh, uh, called the Dead Celebrities, and they played our nice. part at the Viper Room. So the theme song oh, from cool. the show was done by the Dead Celebrities. So check out their stuff also. Their uh, I think uh, their stuff is going to be available on iTunes, and they are a band that's been broken up for over six years, and they got back together at the Viper Room for the first time. And they cool, definitely very, check them out. They they're an awesome kick ass old school <clears throat> punk band with uh and they uh are probably gonna be uh doing some more live shows and uh God willing and I'm I'm trying to push them in this direction of uh getting back together and coming out with some new music hopefully over the next year or so. Nice. Nice, cool. Well, I think you've really conceptualized and put everything well together there, Jim, for everyone. I have to, no uh, idea what I said for an hour and 20 minutes. But <laughs> I, I just was I probably you did a great job. too much. So, uh, no, hopefully no I, you did a great I, job. I, it's going to be, I think it's a very um, educational and entertaining uh, interview. So I think okay, everyone's well, going to love you. it. Hopefully. <laughs> I mean, that's from your own uh, personal, uh, you know, psychological, you know, pr- professional point of view there. So <laughs> right. Right, but definitely definitely keep promoting the podcast because people do check it out a lot. So if they can check the live show, the nice thing yeah, is convenient yeah, so I, everyone can check it out. I definitely, definitely yeah. will. And, uh, yeah, uh, I'll spread the word around as much as I can about it. And uh, yeah, Thank please. you, and I will too. Yeah. I, I, and we will we will talk more about all these deep psychological issues that I have off the air, I'm sure. Sure, not a problem, Jim. I'll, and like I said, I'll send you my my number in a private message. All right. <laughs> okay. All right. All righty. So thank you so much for joining us tonight. You did a wonderful job. I wish you much continued success. I know you're only going to keep uh, moving upward with the show. And uh, can't wait to hear more from you about where you're going next with it. Thank you very much. And uh, I'm a fan of your show already, uh, not only for the fact that thank I'm you. on you know, it's uh 
It was really, really <laughs> insightful. You, you're, very, you're very, very comprehensive with your interviews, too. So I, uh, Thank you. I, I always learn a lot from uh, when I was listening to your shows. So cool. We, well, we'll, I appreciate we'll, that compliment. Thank you very much. All right. All right, Jim. So we'll, right. we'll wrap things up for tonight, but we'll definitely be having you back on again. And uh, looking forward to hearing what's up with uh, F and with tonight next. Thank you very much, and I'll talk to you okay. soon. All right. All right, Jim. Have a great night. Thanks. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. All right, everyone. Again, that was Jim Shognasi, and he is the creator of Effing With Tonight. Check it out at crackle.com. It's an awesome comedic web series, brilliant, really funny, entertaining. So check that out. And uh, next week, which would be Wednesday, October, we've got another interesting interview coming on. Wednesday, October 12th, we have Ace Reality Check TV. This is going to be awesome. It's a group of people that go around doing interviews with a variety of people in the entertainment industry. It could be musicians, porn stars. Check them out at um, Ace Reality TV. Well, let me just check this out to make sure I have it right. I think it's Ace Reality Check TV. Again, it's been a long day. Um, yeah, it's Ace Reality Check TV. Dot com And they're also on Facebook, so you can check it out. But it's really cool stuff, and we're going to have them on next Wednesday. So, again, thank you so much for tuning in. If anyone is interested in becoming a guest, you can reach out to me. I have a private um, personal page on Facebook. I have a fan page on Facebook called The Carrie Edelman Show. You can also follow me on Twitter at Carrie Edelman. And um, my hotmail, uh, hotmail address, Edelman at hotmail.com. You could send me a personal private message if you'd like to. Again, let's plug a couple of people tonight. Again, we had Mark's Friggin in the chat room, and Jim had some awesome things to say about Mark's website where he tracks detail by detail the Howard Stern show. So Jim was able to comment how he gets all his updates from marksfriggin.com. And I know Muski was not able to join us tonight, but check out sternsuperfans.com which is another awesome website where all the fans interact and learn about everything related to the Howard Stern Show. I'd like to also plug a couple of the magazines I write for, uh, talentspotlightmagazine.com as well as reallygreatmagazine.com. So feel free to also check them out. And last but not least, Flirt Energy Drink. Again, for all of you female athletes out there, it's a specific female-formulated energy drink for the female fitness expert or athlete, so check them out at flirtsport.com. Thank you again for tuning in tonight, and I'm going to lead off with one of the songs off of my album, which is called Leave It All Behind. It's available on iTunes by searching Carrie Edelman, and tonight let's uh, let's see what might relate to the show that I did with Jim. I'm trying to think of content-wise. Um... Why don't we play goodbye because Jim and I were talking about sometimes having those people that enter your life that don't always have uh, the greatest intentions. So check out Goodbye, which is uh, off my album Leave It All Behind under Carrie Edelman on iTunes. Thanks so much for your support and have a great night.